Hello and welcome to the Life Church Audio Podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. We are in a fantastic new year, 2022, um, and I'm excited about what this year is going to hold for us. For me, kind of um, what I've seen regarding 2021 and what's happened and what's passed is uh, uh, we've seen in Canada, we saw floods and we saw um, fires and we saw uh, a lot of devastation that happened across BC. And kind of what God told me is, you know, when, whenever there's a massive fire and all you see that's left over is black, something needs to wash the black away. And once the wash, washing has happened, what happens? Growth. We're going to see a harvest this year in Canada like I think we've never seen before. Uh, I think there's a washing away that has happened in this last year. And even for the church, I am excited because I think there's been a washing away that has happened during this last year. Um, and we're going to see new, new life sprout. Um, in your life, there's going to be growth that has happened. Uh, that's going to happen. Uh, perseverance. Stick to it. Don't quit. Go for it. Um, don't be scared. Don't back off. Don't back down. Stand up. Rise up. Move forward. Uh, we have a God that's on our side, and, and there's a message that I preached way back, which is where Joseph said to his brothers, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And I really believe that. Whatever the enemy has been trying to do over the last few years that was meant for evil, uh, the story is, he says, but God. Uh, and that, but what you meant, and the word in the, in the Hebrew for meant means to, to weave, to, to, like you would make a carpet, what you were weaving together for evil. Um, God meant, and, and that God meant, when he writes the same word again, meant, he adds a letter to it. And that letter that he adds to it is, God rewove. He took what was woven, and God rewove it. I, I, we call it in Bible, it's the biblical jiu-jitsu. It is, it is where somebody comes with a move and what you are taking that momentum and that force that the enemy is trying to bring you down and God's going to take that momentum in, and he's going to turn it around and he's going to use that force and something fantastic is going to come from it. So I'm excited for this year. Um, I think it's going to be these fantastic new seasons. Uh, I know most of the families we know here. I'm excited about the season that you're going into. Get excited about this next season that God has for you. So if you have your Bibles, we, we're going to start with a series for, for the next four weeks. Um, and the series is called, I'm Accountable. I'm Accountable. Can everybody say I'm Accountable? I know it's not words that we like to use a lot. Yeah. Like, I'm accountable. I'm accountable. So turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings 20. If you have your Bible, if you don't have it, um, we'll put it on the screen also. Um, this is a story. This is such a fantastic story in the Bible. Like, the Bible is awesome. If you haven't read it, you should. It's really good. And, and this is a story about a soldier. And the soldier is standing before a king. And the soldier is dusty. 
And uh, he, he was in the battle. Uh, the battle just finished. And, and now he's standing before his king and he's got like bandages across his head and his eye is like bruised and, uh, you know, bloody nose. Um, and, he, and this soldier's clearly been through it. I mean, he's been damaged. He's been in a fight. And the good news is he's still alive. He's got filth on him, right? You can just picture it. You can picture the movies where there's a soldier that's come out of like Vikings, if you ever watch a show. They've just come out of, right? There's blood all over him. There's dirt. Um, no showers before you go to the king. This is the way he stands. And he's before the king. And he speaks to give an account what happened during the battle. So 1 Kings 20 verse 39, it says the following. Your servant went out into the midst of the battle. And there a man came over and brought a man to me and said, Guard this man. If by any means he is missing, your life shall be for his life. Or else you shall pay a talent of silver. While your servant was busy here and there. So this man speaking to the king. There was a man that came to me. He said to me, guard this man. Look after him. If he gets away, your life for his life. And then he says, but while your servant was busy here and there, he was gone. Then the king of Israel said to him, so shall your judgment be. You yourself have decided it. You already told me what the judgment should be. Now this king was understandably that he's speaking to, a little bit frustrated and probably confused as to why this man thought the king would be happy. Why this man thought that you can come with the story about what happened, stand before me and think that I'm going to be happy with what you are telling me. In the man's own words, out of his own mouth, he testified against himself. He brought the evidence. The one thing he was asked to do, he failed in. I googled this week. <laughs> uh, you should. It's actually quite funny. Um, you have one thing to do and you, and you get it wrong. You should see some of the stuff that they've got on there. Like you had one task to do and you get it wrong. And this is basically what this guy... The job is take care of the prisoner. Take this prisoner, watch him, guard him. Keep this man, other translations, keep this man, guard this man, watch this man. The point is, don't let this man get away. The, the Hebrew word here for God means to put a hedge of thorns around him. It's kind of a picture of how you would build a prison. Put thorns around him that he can't escape through it. This was a serious job he was given. This wasn't just a casual thing. I just give a casual eye towards him. Put, put a hedge of thorns around him. Make sure you do everything that this man, he shouldn't get away. So this man was told, if he gets away, your life is going to be required for his life. Or you'll have to pay a talent of silver. Now a talent of silver for us. What does that mean? Talent of silver was a half a million dollars in those days. So uh, that's obviously the option most of us would pick. But a soldier just coming out of war, very few of them had a half a million dollars on them to pay for the fine. So it's basically me, me saying to you, watch this guy or pay a billion dollars. 
So the second one really wasn't an option. It wasn't like the second one was, yeah, okay, I'll pick number two. It wasn't an option for them. So all that was left over was my life for this man's life because I let him get away. And he gives account and he said, I watched him at first. I was keeping great care of him. I was checking in on, on him. But eventually, the man, I let him slip out of my sight. And he's bringing this to the king to kind of, it's almost like he's, he's appealing to the Supreme Court. This is the, the last place where I, can, where I can appeal. A king, I was given a mandate, but seriously, um, I did everything I can. I tried really hard. I, I had really good intentions. My intentions were not to let him get away. It's really not my fault because, I mean, who here is perfect? There was like a five-minute window where, where he slipped out. He's saying, King, and he's almost like hoping for mercy that the king would go, Yeah, you know what? I see your point. I see what you're saying is you tried really hard. You watched him most of the time and he just slipped away. I see your point. We're going to reverse the, the whole um, judgment that's over you, your life for his or the half million of silver. We're going to reverse that and you've been acquitted. This is what he's hoping for in his appeal to the king. But the king says to him, you told me yourself what the judgment will, will be if you let him get away. You were warned. If you let him get away, your own life would be required. So shall your judgment be. So this is where it gets very interesting. <clears throat> because right after the king makes the judgment, so shall your judgment be. The man starts, and this is in the Bible, this is what I love, starts to pull off the bandages. He starts to reveal his true colors. He was not a soldier at all. In fact, he was a prophet. A man of God sent by God to confront the king, Ahab. And he had to confront him with a made-up story. It wasn't a real story. He really did have a bloody eye. This is the best part for me of the story almost. is. So, so this prophet, God gives him an instruction. You have to go speak to King Ahab. You have to tell him... Um, the story that I just told you, but you have to go in as a soldier. So he goes to one of the soldiers and he says to the soldier, listen, I want you to beat me up. And the soldier's like, I can't beat you up. You're like a prophet. Who's going to beat up a prophet of God? And he says, I want you to beat him. He said, I can't do it. He said, so because you said you can't beat me up, when you leave this conversation, a lion is going to kill you. So the guy leaves the conversation and what happens? A lion kills him. So the next guy in line, he says, you have to beat me up. And the guy's like, sure, I'll beat you up. <laughs> it's like, I don't want a lion to come eat me. So, I mean, how awesome is the Bible that it tells us all these details? So, so he actually was beaten up. He had like swollen eyes. He really went into character. And the Bible's incredible. So the reason the man told the story, I was told to watch a man... I was warned if the man got away, my life would be forfeit. The reason he's standing in front of the king is because God sent him with a message to King Ahab. He intended to arouse in the king the thinking that 
I was given instruction about what's going to happen. Now the consequence will remain because the king already said the consequence will remain. So will it be for you also, king. Don't think that you can make up excuses. Well, I was good for a lot of time. I was really, my intentions were great. I was watching him most of the time. I did your word most of the time. There was like a minute here and there where it got away. And he's like, no, king, this is God speaking to you. You were warned clearly and you failed. You failed to do the one job that you were called to do. And the purpose of this leadership parable we find in the Bible, this made-up story, because spoiler alert, like I said, it's a made-up story. There was no man that got away. It was to show a mirror to Ahab. It was to say to him, listen, look in the mirror, that he might realize I'm the man. I'm the man who was supposed to watch the man. I'm the man who had a job that he was given I'm the man who was told that this is the thing that you have to do. And if you don't do it, your life will be forfeit for your disobedience to God in doing what he told you to do. So the story in the Bible is not just there. It's a great story to read. But that story is not just there for us to read and to go, wow, that's great history about Ahab and Ben, 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 ben Jab. Sorry, there's Ahabs and Benajabs and all these other names in there. So, so the story is not just for us to have the history regarding what happened in the nation of Israel. It's great to read it, but the story is really there because God is speaking to us also. He speaks to us through the Bible. The, the bigger issue for me with this whole story um, is this question which I think all of you would, would like, because I like to teach things from the Bible that we can apply to our lives so that we can become more like Christ. So it's great to teach you a story, and it's great to have knowledge, but what good is knowledge if we can't apply it to our lives so that we can influence other people? So, so the question for me is, what does this have to do with you, and what does this story have to do with me? Because I believe the story as it is told, is meant to hit us hard. It's meant for us to take a look at ourselves and realize that we've been given an assignment. And I think specifically going into this new year, this assignment for me is one specific for a time like this. So if you'll permit me, what I want us to do is, I want us to do what, what the man of God wanted Ahab to do. I want us to insert ourselves into the story. I want you to look in the mirror. I think it can be very easy to read the Bible and think, well, that was for Peter or that was for Paul or that was for Esther. And that's amazing for David. What an inspiring story. But I think like Ahab was meant to see is, no, no, this is for me. It's about you. Especially planning our, our 2022. Wow, I just rhymed four lines in a row. Did you guys pick that up? <laughs> that was really good. It's like, thank you, Montana. I hear that applause there at the back. So, so what we're going to do um, today is, I'm going to ask you, what are you going to do with what you've been given? I want us to see ourselves in a story about a man who was given 
a charge to watch over someone. You've been given a charge. All of you sitting here today, every single one of you have been given a charge to watch over someone. And the king at some point is going to stand before you and he's going to ask you, what have you done with this charge that you've been given? And I know some of you are like, yeah, Andreas, I know we're going to die. I know one day we're going to stand before God. And I understand all of that. But, but what I don't know is, who am I supposed to watch? The answer is, you are meant to watch the most difficult person. You are meant to babysit the most difficult person on this planet. And you're like, yeah, I had a feeling you're going to talk about my husband today. No, not talking about your husband, not talking about your wife, not talking about your kids, the guy on your softball team. Talking about you. The person on this planet most suited to deceit is you. The person on this planet most capable of harming yourself is you. You and I, we are in fact able, we are able like no one else to bring damage to ourselves. And the Bible from the beginning to the end, from the first chapter to the last one, warns us about watching ourselves. That we keep ourselves. We are the soldier who is meant to guard the soldier who is us. You're meant to guard you. And that's clearly evident from the fact that if, if, we, don't, if we don't guard ourselves, if we don't do the job that we're meant to do of keeping ourselves, we will forfeit our lives. You will forfeit the life that God created you to live. Why? Because our life will be snatched from us while we're not paying attention. While we give attention to stuff that we're not supposed to give attention to. Like you know you're supposed to watch the man, the woman. But then you start paying attention to things that is stealing your Christ-like character from you. Here and there. Not intentional. We're supposed to watch ourselves. And that's why the soldier says, notice what he does in verse 40. When did the guy get away? When did the guy get away? It says, don't let him get away. He said, um, I was here and there. While I was here and there, he got away. Don't let him get away. How did he get away? What happened? I'm sure the king must have asked him. So how did he get away? Well, what did you do? What were you busy with? Did his sister come and distract you with dancing and food and wine? Is that how he got away? Was it like a prison break? The tattoos all over himself to, to get out? Was there like a file in a cake? You know, that he got out of the thorns, the hedge of thorns that you placed around him. What happened? And I think this is the most embarrassing part is because, no, none of that happened. He said, I was busy here and there 
And then he was gone. And he said that the man wasn't bad. He was just busy. He didn't do evil things. He just was busy. He didn't go off and do things that are sinful. He just got busy. Here and there. Just got busy and stopped watching the man. Man, how easy is that for us to do the same? Just here and there, we get busy with stuff that has got nothing to do with the character of Christ that's inside of us. And it slips through our fingers. And we don't always realize. It's almost like holding water in your hand. You can eventually, you can hold quite a bit of water in your hand. But what happens is the water kind of just, if you don't watch it, if you don't pay attention, you lose the tension on your fingers and the water just starts slipping through it. If you don't watch. And then what happens is, you don't become the version of yourself that Jesus sees you capable of becoming. Who you meant to be. What you meant to be as you grow in Christ. There is a purpose for every single one of you. There's a purpose in Christ for every single one of us. And if we don't watch in God, it will slip through our fingers. You're meant to guard yourself. You're meant to watch yourself. You're meant to supervise yourself. Lead yourself that you might not escape. That you might not slip through your own fingers. So this is your 2022 call to account ability. This is your accountability. Not, not your friends, not your parents, not your spouse, not your neighbors. Your accountability. You are called by God to guard yourself to keep this man, to keep this woman, and to look after yourself, lest you get away. Didn't Jesus himself say the following words? He said, it's so easy to chase after the things of this world and lose your soul. I know I asked it as a question, and the answer is yes, he did. He did say that. He said, it's so easy to chase. In, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, this is from the message. He says, what kind of deal is it to get everything you want but to lose yourself? Wow, because I'm busy here and there <laughs> to lose your true self, to lose hold of yourself, to let go. And I think what Jesus is warning us in Matthew 16 is the same warning that's in 1 Kings 20. You've got to guard and keep the man. When we start chasing after things, that's the here and there that he's warning us about. Because all of a sudden, we got the things we want or that we thought we wanted, but we ended up losing the version of ourselves that we meant to become. So the warnings in the Bible goes on and on. In Proverbs 4.23, he, he writes the following, Keep your heart with all diligence. Keep your heart with diligence. Keep it. For out of it springs the issues of life. There's no area quite like the heart that is more deceptible, that is more 
um, able to control the outcome of our lives. Our hearts control the directions that we are going. And I think our love lives are easily able to steer us in either wrong or right directions. That's why I have to guard and keep it. We talk ourselves into dating a person we know we should not date. We bring ourselves to loving somebody and then what happens is when two partners join into marriage and they're unevenly yoked, the difficulty that happens is you are walking in different directions, but it was a hard decision that was made. And God says we have to guard and keep, especially young people. Listen to me, man, guard and keep your heart. It's easy to let the issues of the heart steer us away from where God wants us to go. Jeremiah warns us of the same thing. He says the following, the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. (laughs) Who can know it? So our hearts are able to steer us. Our hearts are able to trick us. And we have to guard our hearts. We have to guard our spirit. Spirit of God that's inside of us. We have to guard that. We have to guard our devotion. We have to choose to do the hard things to watch after ourselves, to be checking in on ourselves, to be asking questions. You have to ask these questions. I hope you do. I hope you you are going through this process of saying to yourself, how am I doing? Like, how, how am I doing? How am I doing as a husband? Am I getting better as a husband? Am I getting better um, as a wife? How, how am I just coasting? Am I coasting... Am I fighting? Am I advancing? Have I taken a step back? Because we can't take step backs. That, that happens. It's, don't feel because you've taken a step back that you can't advance. Have I taken a step back? Am I advancing? See, our, our hearts are tricky. Your heart will talk you into doing things you shouldn't do. But without taking accountability without asking questions you will continue to follow that path the bible says broad is the path that leads to destruction narrow is the road that leads to eternal life and few are they who find it why because it's easy to let yourself get away from yourself it's easy to get carried away it's easy to get into the wrong circles. It's easy to, to um, think, well, this is the only guy that's after me, so I guess it's going to have to be him. No. We have to guard our hearts. We have to guard ourselves as people because God has got a plan for every single one of us. You've got to keep watch. And for this year especially, I, I hope that you make this a priority for your own life. I'm going to guard and keep watch over me, not for the purpose of becoming selfish or just thinking about becoming vain. It's about me, about being prideful. No, I want to watch over me for the purpose that everything I do represents who Christ is in me. It's for the purpose to advance his kingdom. Jesus said in Mark 14, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. Jesus just said, your spirit is willing, you want to do it, but the flesh, the flesh is weak. Now, if you know that you're weak, if you know your flesh is weak, 
Make it easy on yourself. Make it easy on yourself to do the right thing. How? Guardrails. Disciplines. Connection with people that's going to hold you accountable. I, I know all these things. There's, there's works. That, and This is not a works message. This is not about putting works in. Because the reality is for every single one of us, guardrails will look differently. It's by God's Spirit. So we pray, and I, and I pray. I had a conversation with a lady yesterday asking me regarding prayer, right? Um, do our prayers convince God? Can, can we, with our prayers, change God's mind regarding something? And the reality is, no, we can't. God cannot be manipulated or controlled. God's will is always good. Our prayer is for us to connect and hear what God's will is. It's not for us to change His will to just come and follow ours. When you start a business, you don't start a business and afterwards pray, God, please bless it. You pray and God, ask God, God, what's the direction you want me to go? And then you follow that. You don't start it and then say, okay, God, can, I've got room for one more. Can you jump on? And, and it's the same way with putting in guardrails. When I'm praying, God, what circles should I be in? What friendships should I form? What, um, and I'm not saying that we should isolate ourselves from the world at all. We will start with home groups now in the new year. We're excited about that. We're excited about starting groups where, where you can be a part of, of a group of people that's going to keep you accountable, not judge you, not rule you, not control you, but a group where you can gather together and consistently, just, not just on Sundays, constantly hear regarding who Christ is. And because you've made the decision, I'm accountable you're going to look at yourself and you're going to ask the questions, am I guarding the man? Am I putting a guard in my life to make sure that the things that I am going for this year will be in line with what God has called me to do and called me to be? It's not the pastor's job to tell you. It's not your neighbor's job to tell you. You are accountable. Watch the man. Jesus said, watch and pray. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Did you say pray? Watch. Same word. Same word, Second Kings, just in Greek. Guard this man. Watch this man. So what does Jesus tell us? Watch. Pray. Very good. This man. So, so we have to make sure that we build systems around ourselves. We set ourselves up to succeed. We set ourselves up that we can guard and keep. You know how easy it is um, to lose um, yourself in a group of people that are constantly lost. Do you know how hard it is to ask for direction, directions when you are around people that have no idea where they are? You're constantly in a crowd that's lost. How can you ask them for direction or even depend on them to give you any direction? Because the direction that they are going is lost. That's why. Make sure you, you, you surround yourselves with the right people. And I want to say again, we're not called to isolate ourselves. We're not called to Christian subculture exclusive little bubbles or groups or things at all. We're supposed to be in the world, but we're not of it. How can I be in it and not of it? 
by watching and praying. So we build systems. How do we guard? He says, watch and pray. Um, in John chapter 5, 21, he says the following, Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. Now, over the next four weeks, we're going to speak about how I'm going to be accountable. How can I set myself up for a year of accountability? Like, what are the things that I should implement into my life where I can be accountable for who I am as a Christ follower, as someone who carries Jesus Christ's spirit inside of me? But he says, here's one, one key thing. Keep yourself from idols. It's easy to give into idols, things. things <laughs> they say the, the, heart, the heart is the easiest thing that makes an idol. We are deceptible to making idols in our lives. It's so easy. This work, this job, this position, this person, this church. Idol church. We get idol churches, pastors, preachers, worship leaders. That's why we have to guard and keep ourselves, that we make sure that that is not where the worship team can come up. For me, it, there's, there's specific things which we will look at. And, and Matthew 6, 33 says the following, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Seek His kingdom and His righteousness. What is righteousness? Righteousness means in Right standing with God. Righteousness, I am in right standing. So righteousness means my actions, my emotions, my response, my conduct daily, my thoughts, my plans, my purposes. They are in right standing. They are aligned with what God wants to do. So seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added onto you. So seek first. So for me, every single time, there are certain things that I do personally which keeps me aligned with right standing. One of the most difficult things people struggle to get in right standing is their finances. Money becomes an idol. Personally, what we do as a family the day I get paid, the first thing I give is I give to God. I do not serve money. Money serves me as I serve God. And for me, that's a practical thing I do in my life. You can choose if you want to do it. I recommend it. Because I'm seeking to keep. I'm seeking to keep God's presence and His ways. But I have to be actively, actively aware that there are things that our hearts and our lives will go after. The lust of the flesh. Man, guard yourself. I have to keep myself strong. And it's so easy to give in to the weaknesses of the flesh. It's so easy. But you have to choose to keep yourself. See, I wanted to preach this message today because I wanted... To issue a call to every single one of us. I, I, yes, I, my desire is, I, I hope that the Christian world, Christ followers worldwide get this. We're accountable to represent Christ to people. We're accountable to represent His goodness, His mercy, His grace. But if I don't have it, I misrepresent Him. 
How do I get it? By guarding and keeping His presence. It's so easy to get busy here and there. Kids' sports happen. Activities start happening. Functions start happening. Church becomes a side burner. We can't attend because, you know, whatever reason we want to think of. There are many. People are wearing masks. People are not wearing masks. Stop that nonsense. You're not attending for people. Like, don't make other stuff the issue. Don't get busy here and there. Forget that. Come and worship together. Hear God's word. Be around people that worship God. Make the main thing the main thing. Worshiping Jesus. Trusting God through all of it. You don't have to convince other people that you're right. You don't. Let your good works show them. Let your kindness, the way you speak to somebody who disagrees with you, let your kindness show God's love, how God loves them. Let your, your mercy and your grace be the fruit that they see, not, not your, your own, own things. It's like when, for me, it's like when, when somebody comes to me and they speak from a, from a Christian stand on something that God does not speak on. I'm going to use this analogy because you might be able to understand it. It's like speaking to somebody with bad breath. This is not a God issue. It, it's distracting. I actually want to take a step away from you. Let that not be us. Let us be accountable to represent Christ in everything we do. This is your wake-up call. It's like you in a hotel. This is your wake-up call. Hear me, your life is passing you by. You need to keep this man, and, and it's urgent. You need to fight to guard over the version of yourself that you are meant to be. Otherwise, here and there, your life will pass you by. And you'll wake up one day with regret. You'll wake up one day with heartbreak. And ultimately, you will stand before God to give account of what you did with this life. And with regret, you'll go, I don't even know. I don't even know what I did with my life. Something happened and I never recovered from it. It kept me. Don't let anything keep you. There was a point when I heard His voice. There was a point when I was led by His Spirit and I sensed His leading. And I don't even know what happened. I know His Word is real. I know that He loves us. But I lost it. While your servant was busy. Not bad. Not evil. Not sinning. Just busy. Life ended. Now here I am. I stand before you. And I let him get away. I do not want that to be any of our testimonies. We've got to guard this person. We can't change anybody else, but we can guard ourselves. We're going to sing one more worship song because I just feel that this song is so appropriate for where we are going. Um, this can't happen without surrender. You can't guard. 
without giving over. So it is a decision that you have to make and say, God, I'm going to give over my thoughts, my, my own things. I'm going to give it over. I surrender. This is where I lay it down today. Right now, right here, you can lay it down. Let's pray. Father God, I pray that you will speak to every heart, every person that's here. Your words, not mine, Father. Your ways, not mine. But Father, if, if what I was saying does not align with your heart, and with, with who you are and what you want for us, I pray that this word will have no effect in any person's life. But if it is from you, Lord, Holy Spirit, I pray for your conviction, not your condemnation, but that you will convict us to righteousness, to right standing, to repent from the places where we've gone on our own, and to align ourselves with who you are and what you've called us to be. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church audio podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.